You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Joseph's Rise to Prominence. Joseph's Rise to Prominence. Today, on Words of Encouragement. This morning, I want to finish, not finish, I want to move along in the story of Joseph. Uh, his is a story that is just, it just continues, just continues. But I wanted to talk about Joseph's rise to prominence, his rise to prominence today. Jo- Joseph, the favored son of Israel, Jacob, Israel, Jacob, the father. This Joseph has been sold into slavery by his half-brothers. He escaped a horrible situation, was blamed for it anyway, and was imprisoned. We join Joseph as he sits in prison with Pharaoh's chief baker and his cupbearer. If you are able, I ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Genesis chapter 41, verses 38 through 41. The Bible says, Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit, our Holy Spirit of God? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you all of, of all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house. Now, this is Pharaoh speaking. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all my people shall do homage only in the throne. I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Pretty incredible place from a pit to a palace. May God bless the reading of His Word. I invite you to be seated. Well, the topic of dreams is still in the air. Still in the air, the topic of dreams here. In chapter 40, we find that the cupbearer and the chief baker each have a dream. Now, the cupbearer has a dream where he squeezes good grapes into a cup And he gives the cup to the Pharaoh. So this is interesting. He has this dream, and you have dreams. I have dreams sometimes when I remember them. They say you always dream, but then you remember some of them. Uh, But this is what he dreams. He dreams he's doing his job, really. He's squeezing the grapes into a cup. He gives the cup to the Pharaoh. He is told his head will be lifted up, which means he can hold it high as a man with honor because he will be restored to his role after three days. Now, uh, restored to his role, well, he's in prison. Joseph told him to put in a good word for him with the Pharaoh. You know, when you're restored, hey, tell the Pharaoh, hey, Joseph's still here. Don't forget Joseph's in jail. Put a good word in for me, Joseph tells this baker. The baker shares his dream about, or the baker, that's a cupbearer, the the baker shares his dream about a basket of bread out of which birds eat. Joseph tells him after three days, his head will also be lifted up, but catch this, 
it will be lifted up from off thee. What? Is he talking about a beheading? He is. Ooh, what? Be lifted up from off thee or from you, and he will hang on a tree. In other words, this, uh, this, this baker is going to lose his head. He's going to die. Since the king did not enjoy the baker's food, the birds that's, that stole away the king's food will feast literally on, ah, on the body of, the, uh, of, this, of this, uh, this man. The dream of the cupbearer and the, and, and the baker do come true. They do come true. Uh, the dreamer of dreams, the master of dreams here has become one who is also now an interpreter of dreams. Two years later, Pharaoh has a dream, and Pharaoh has some issues. <laughs> Look at verses 1 through 8 of chapter 41. Now it happened at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he was standing by the Nile, or by the big river, the river. And lo, from the Nile there came up, uh, there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the marsh grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them from the Nile, ugly and gaunt. And they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. Now the word gaunt means literally lean of flesh. They were skinny cows. That's what it's saying. The ugly and skinny cows, gaunt cows, ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. What? Then Pharaoh awoke. Ugh. Well, he fell asleep and dreamed a second time, and behold, seven ears of grain came up on a single stalk, plump and good. Then, behold, seven ears, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Now, I love the way that's put. Did you catch what, that's, what, what he's saying there? It says, then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, a dream. You ever been there? It's reality. The dream you're having, it is so real. It's either good and you're like all excited, like when I was a little boy and I dreamed I had an actual Star Wars lightsaber that worked and I really thought I had one and I was so excited until I woke up and realized that it was not real. It was a dream. Boy, what a letdown. It can go the other way. You're having a dream and it's horrible. It's horrible. And you're thinking, oh no, oh no. And you wake up and you realize, oh, it was a dream. Oh, you know, I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. Okay. Whew. That's what I sense here is happening here as the, as the writer writes this. I love that. Behold, it was a dream. Wow. Okay. That was a weird dream. That was a weird dream. These, these, the, 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 what in the world? Seven plump and full ears. The thin ears of corn swallowed up the seven plump. That's weird. Praise the Lord, it was a dream, because that, that was just kind of weird. Now in the morning, his spirit was troubled. So he sent and called for all the magicians, or soothsayers, or uh, magicians, my, my Bible puts, and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Oh, 
Now, these men are sacred scribes who were skilled in sacred writing uh, that is in the hieroglyphics of that time. Remember, they're in Egypt. He calls for them to interpret his dream. He wants to know, what is this? But they can't figure it out. They don't know what to say. They don't know what it's saying. They don't know what these dreams mean. Look at verse 9. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I would make mention today of my own offenses, of my own sins. So the cupbearer remembers Joseph. He was supposed to put in a good word for, for Joseph to the Pharaoh, and oh, whoops, <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot to do that. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Pharaoh, there's somebody who can interpret your dream. It's a Hebrew boy, a young Hebrew boy, uh, and he interpreted a dream for me. And I, I, I just kind of forgot about that guy. <laughs> I was supposed to tell you about him, but I just didn't remember. But now I do. I, and, and let me tell you my offenses. I, I have forgotten to do this. I, I have sinned. Uh, Pharaoh then tells, uh, he sends for Joseph, and, and he tells Joseph about his dream. Look at verses, verse 14. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph, and they hurriedly brought him out of the dungeon. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have, I have had a dream. I've dreamed a dream, but no one can interpret it. And I've heard it said about you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. So that's why I brought you here. Jo Joseph then answered Pharaoh saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. What do we see in the life of Joseph? What do we see in Joseph here? We see a man who knows he is being used by God. We see a man who knows, I don't have this power to interpret dreams. I can't just on a whim do it. No, God will do it through me. God interprets the dream. I tell you what He tells me. I am nobody special. I'm an instrument. I'm a tool in God's hands. Joseph knows his place. We ought to know our place in the kingdom of God. We're tools in His hands. We're instruments by which He brings others to Himself. We're instruments by which He moves and does what He wants to do. Joseph understands this, obviously. He has an idea. He understands that he is a tool of God. It's not just him. He's not just, hey, look at the rod I'm on. <laughs> this is amazing. No, he understands what's happening here. He understands who he is in front of God Himself. Who gets the credit? Who gets the honor? Not Joseph. God does. And he's pretty quick. Joseph is pretty quick to make sure Pharaoh knows he has no power. But all through this, like I said, all through this story of Joseph, you see the hand of God at work. You see him at work. You see him doing what he wants to do. And you see Joseph being an obedient instrument in his hand. Something to note is, I think, like I said before, jo Joseph understands this. Joseph doesn't get arrogant about the, the, the fact that he can interpret dreams. Joseph is not, I'm the, I'm the master of dreams. Anybody have a dream? Let me tell you what it means. I, jo Joseph is not, he doesn't get arrogant about this. He doesn't get arrogant and overconfident in the fact that, he has, he, that God is using him in this way. He, he has been given a great deal of responsibility and favor Remember, in prison, 
Joseph's in prison and God is watching over him and God is taking care of him and God is using him even though he's in prison for something he did not do. This same attitude should be found in all of us. All of God's children. We're instruments. We're instruments of His hands. We offer ourselves at the beginning of the day. We say, dear God, we're going to go through a day together, it looks like. What are we doing today? What are we going to do today, God? I'm ready. Here I am. Use me. Use me. As believers, we should always remember that our strength and abilities come from God Himself. They come from God. Never should we be at a point where we, well, we're just, you know, hey, you know, look at me, look at me. You know, I once heard about a man who, who, who could, uh, he could strut while sitting down. I mean, it's just, you know, we can be arrogant. We can be, oh, look, God has blessed me so much. Look at me. No, no, no. No, Joseph, he understands. He knows where the power comes from. He is, he, he, he knows, he understands. Well, the next thing we see is Pharaoh's dream and its interpretation. Look at verse 17. It says, so Pharaoh, verse, uh, chapter 41, Genesis, verse 17. So Pharaoh spoke to Joseph in my dream. Behold, I was standing on the bank of the Nile. And behold, seven cows, fat and sleek, came up out of the Nile, and they grazed in the marshland, or the marsh grass. Lo, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, skinny, uh, such as I had never seen for ugliness in all the land of Egypt. I mean, <laughs> these were the worst looking cows I'd ever seen in the country. That's yeah. what he's saying here. This is horrible. They're just bad looking. It's just, ugh, ugh. Okay, so he says and in verse 20, And the lean and ugly cows, the lean and the ugly cows, the lean of flesh cows, ate up the first seven fat cows. And yet when they had devoured them, it could not be detected that they had devoured them. Now look, let's get real personal. After potluck, can't you tell if you've eaten enough or more than enough? <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I know it's real personal. You're like, hey, don't, don't, no, no, not me, pastor, not me, pastor. Well, okay. Uh, but these lean cows ate these fat, healthy cows, and they still looked lean and ugly. There wasn't a change. They ate these cows, and they didn't even, they, they were just as ugly as before. <laughs> and, and Pharaoh says, I woke, then I woke. I woke up. I, I, I don't know what was going on. What about these dreams? Drop, drop, let's see. Drop down to verse 32. It says, Now as for the repeating of the dream to, Pharaoh's twi to Pharaoh twice, it means, of course, because he talked about the cows and the corn, uh, he sa it means that the matter is determined by God and God will quickly bring it about. Now notice Joseph again. It's all about God. It's all about God. Both of these dreams have the same meaning. The, the, uh, the, the bad corn eating the good corn, the skinny, ugly cows eating the healthy, good-looking cows. The same meaning is found in both of these. They're, they're, to be, they're, they're together. Uh, look back at uh, verse 22. I also saw in my dream, and behold, seven ears. There it is. Full and good came up on a single stalk. And lo, seven ears withered thin and scorched by the east wind sprouted up after them. And the thin ears swallowed the seven good ears. Then I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. 
the soothsayer priest could not explain it to me. They didn't know what was going on. They couldn't tell me. And so I'm coming to you, Joseph. I want to know. I want to understand. He's troubled. He's confused, Pharaoh is. He wants an answer. Look at verse 25. Now Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has told to Pharaoh what he is about to do. What? God has spoken to Pharaoh through a dream and he's telling Pharaoh, this is what I'm about to do. Well, Pharaoh's still like, I don't get it. I don't get it. But notice that Pharaoh, uh, that, that Joseph points Pharaoh to God again here. Credit where credit is due. It is God who's at work. It's God who spoke to you through this dream. But what does this dream mean? Brother Craig, please don't just stop the sermon now. We want to know, what does it mean? What is, is, is this strange dream about? Look at verses 26 through 28. Then the, the, the seven good cows are seven years. Okay, so good cows equal seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The ears of corn. The dreams are one and the same. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years. And seven thin ears scorched by the east wind will be seven years of famine. It is as I have spoken to Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. So there's going to be seven years of great abundance. After that, seven years of famine. So, oh my goodness. What are we going to do? Okay, so seven years. We're good for seven years, all right? Uh, now, this is, now I, I, I don't want to say that, that, that the name of that, that virus that we experienced years ago there, but uh, this, if, if we had some certainty about some things and we knew that this, was, this is happening, this is not happening, this is going to happen here, if we knew all of this, hey, that's pretty cool. So seven years, we're going to be fine. Now, the other seven years, I don't know. Boy, it sounds scary. Uh, famine, I don't like that. Uh, maybe we could save something somehow. I don't know. What could we do? What could we do? Uh, but there will be the seven years of great abundance. After that, seven years of famine. The abundance will be forgotten so much so. The famine will be so much so that the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine will destroy, consume, and ravage the land. In other words, the famine is going to be so bad, they're going to just forget about the good times that they used to have. It's going to be so bad, they can't even... You, you know, sometimes you and I, look at, we look back even here in this church and say, well, you know, there were some good days. I remember when there were you know, 50 million youth here and we had basketball and all, and all, blah, blah. And we look back and we think, oh, wow. With these people, this famine was going to be so bad that they couldn't even remember the good days. They couldn't even recall the good days. The seven years of abundance. Look at verse 31. So the abundance will be unknown in the land because of that subsequent famine, for it will be very severe. Can you imagine? All you can focus on is the famine, the famine, the famine. That's where we're living. That's where we are. That's what's going on. The famine, the famine. And that's all they can think about. And there's never, they, they can't even remember that there was any different because it's so bad. Now this sounds horrible. The good days will be forgotten because the bad days will be so severe. Bad days were a coming. Sometimes those bad days come and we have no idea they're coming. Now Pharaoh was given a huge break with his dreams from God. He at least thankfully, providentially, the Pharaoh had Joseph there to interpret his dream. 
So thankfully, Pharaoh at least knew what was happening, knew what was coming. God's hand is always at work. God is always at work. And He's working even through these dreams. As believers, sometimes God will give us a heads up on bad times to come. The thing is, will we listen when He does? If God is saying to us, bad times are coming, what do we do? Will we listen to Him? Will we think, well, you know what, God, I don't know. I don't know about that. Everything seems to be okay now. That's funny how we, you know, if everything's fine now, then it should continue. We have no guarantee of that. We've never had a guarantee that if things are fine now, they'll always be that way. We don't have a guarantee there. We just want it to be that way. We want things to be continue to be good. We want that. We desire that. And so we think that's just the way it's going to be. We have no guarantee. We never have guarantee of what's coming unless God says, hey, it's coming. If God does tell us that something is coming, will we listen to Him? A good question to think about. Joseph gets stepped up in status. That's the next thing we see. Joseph does not leave Pharaoh hanging with this news. He doesn't say, well, this is it. God's going to do this. The famine's coming. Good thing's coming. Then famine. That's the way it's going to be. Here you go. I did the dream interpretation, Pharaoh. Uh, I guess I'm going back to the prison. Here we go. He, He doesn't leave Pharaoh hanging. He gives him some further instructions. Look at verse 33. Now let Pharaoh look for a man discerning and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh take action to appoint overseers in charge of the land and let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven years of abundance. Hmm, okay. Verse 35, then let them gather all the food of these good years. Uh, let him gather all... No, no, this is, good. this is good advice here. Then let him gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain for food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority and let them guard it. Sounds like a grain reserve. Sounds like they're, they're, they're collecting a, a good collection of abundance of food. I wonder what for. Then let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming, stored up in the, in the food in the cities under Pharaoh's authority. Let them guard it. Let the food become as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish during the famine. Ah, smart. Some smartical particles in the mind of Joseph here uh, saying to Pharaoh, hey, look, save up this and we'll have it later when the famine comes and we will, it, it will be like well, there is no famine. We'll just have what we have and this will be great. This will work out fine. What a good, good idea. Does Pharaoh take the advice? Does he like the advice? Look at verse 37. Now the proposal seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his servants. Now, they're already enamored with Joseph. He could interpret the dream. <gasps> wow. Okay, what do you, oh, you think we need to do this? Oh, yeah, this sounds good. I like it. Well, let's do it. Oh, well, this, is, this is good stuff. But listening is one thing. Acting is another. Does Pharaoh do what he, anything with the information he has? He has instructions on what to do, but what does he do? Does he do anything? 
You and I have been... Look, if we've been given information, we're to do something with the information. We're responsible for that information. If we have some knowledge that we've been given, we're responsible for the knowledge. We, we don't just keep it to ourselves. We don't just walk around and say, well, I've got knowledge, I've got knowledge. Oh, boy. I went to college. I got the knowledge. I mean, I, that red service was a man who was in my home church, and he always said that. I'd come home from college, but rarely, but it, when I did, he'd say, you're getting that knowledge at college? And I'd say, I hope so. But we have knowledge. We're supposed to do something with it. God doesn't give us knowledge and, and, and why, wisdom in order for us to just sit there. I'm a wise man. Oh, really? You've never proven it. You've never shared any wisdom whatsoever. How do I know you're a wise man? Well, here is Pharaoh. He's been given this knowledge. Look at verses 38 and 39. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is a, is a divine spirit? Can we find someone like this? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you are. You the man. <laughs> You're the man, Joseph. You are the one here. You're the one for this hour. You're the one that we need. Is Pharaoh happy with the plan? I think so. I think we would say yes. He recognizes that a divine spirit, the, the spirit of God is in Joseph. He highly compliments Joseph, and then something amazing happens. Look at verse 40 and 41. You shall be over my house. And according to your command, all my people shall do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. What? Here's a little Hebrew boy. He's grown up. He's been in prison. He's been in Egypt a while. But he's a Hebrew boy. And here he is, second in command over all of Egypt. Second in command. What in the world? It's the hand of God. It's the hand of God. It's the holy hand of God upon Joseph's life. It's God using Joseph. Again, Joseph, any special person? Well, his daddy really loved him. His daddy, his daddy favored him. But God favored him too. But we don't see anything. It does, there, there is nothing that sets Joseph apart from anybody else in the Bible, anybody else on earth, that, that, that just makes God just, I've got to use Joseph. I no, God has chosen Joseph. He could choose you and has chosen you for certain tasks in our world. He has chosen you. You're the one who is to talk to that certain one, that neighbor, that friend, that relative. You're the one who is to share the good news of the gospel with someone certain, someone special, someone specifically. Well, somebody else will get, somebody else will talk to them about you. Somebody else, no, 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 you're the one. You're the one. Well, why are you the one? Why are you so special? Because God has chosen you. There, there, there's nothing in us that, that just makes us such a shining star that God says, oh, look, I'm going to use Joseph. Look at how wonderful he is. God chose, chooses as He chooses. He's God. He will do what He wants to do. He will use who He wants to use. So look at verse 42. Then Pharaoh took off his signet ring. Oh my, we're get, this thing's getting real serious here. From his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen. 
and put the gold necklace around his neck, he truly is giving Joseph symbols of power and authority. He even gives Joseph a, the, his second chariot. Because, you know, you know, people with great power have more than one chariot. You know, they don't just have one chariot. You know, they got more than one. Well, the second chariot, the second, probably the second best even, gives it to Joseph and proclaims that people are to bow the knee to him, respect him. When the chariot comes through town and when it comes through, everybody needs to part ways and bow down to him. Look, Joseph's the second in command. And, 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 and the Pharaoh says, look, you will give him, pay him homage. Make way, clear the path. There's not, going, there's not supposed to be any doubt as to who Joseph is. And the command and the authority that he has, no doubt... I mean, he's got the ring, he's got the gold necklace, he's got the garments, he's got the, the, uh, the chariot. I mean, boy, they're going to know who he is. He's somebody important. Look at verse 44. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, Though I am Pharaoh, yet without your permission, no one shall raise his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Wow. Joseph is appointed a vizier or prime minister of state. The sudden elevation of a person from a humble and obscure condition to the highest dignity has been frequently exemplified, both in ancient and modern times, in the East. In 1852, the prime minister of Persia was the son of a donkey driver. Did you catch that? The prime minister of Persia was the son of a donkey driver who rose by strength and energy of his character to be the second man in rank, but really first in power. Nowhere, however, have such promotions been so common as in Egypt. And so Joseph's elevation was one instance only of many that country, that, that, the, uh, that history, uh, the history of that country shares with us. As a way of setting Joseph apart, the Pharaoh gives him a new name as well. Look at verse 45. Then Pharaoh named Joseph Zephinath Paniah, and he, give, he gave him a senath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, and his wife. And Joseph went forth over the land of Egypt. So the name, what does the name mean? The name means the God speaks and this one lives. Or another person feels it means revealer of hidden things. Interesting. Interesting. The God speaks and this one lives. This one, Joseph, are the revealer of hidden things. Well, how did all this come about? How did all of this come about? Little boy, multicolored, you know, beautiful little coat he's got. Good, doing fine. Daddy favors him. All of this kind of, all this falls apart. He winds up as a slave in Egypt, and now he's second in command in Egypt. Oh my. It came about because God wanted it to come about. It came about because God had orchestrated it. He is in control of all things. All throughout Joseph's story, we find God doing exactly what he desires to do. He's arranging things in, in, in a way that they need to be in order for him to carry out his purpose on earth, his purpose with his people. So you and I, 
I've got to ask myself this question. Why do I worry about anything? Because I'm, I'm a human being. I'm a human being. Is that why I worry? It is. But should I worry? No. I should not worry. If God is in control of it all, if God is orchestrating everything, if He's got everything the way He wants it to be, I need to simply trust Him, trust His hand, and say, God, I know You know what's going on. I just don't have a clue. But if I can put my faith in a God who is over everything, a God who knows everything, a God who is orchestrating everything, I don't have to worry. And I shouldn't worry. None of us should worry, but we do. We're human beings. We are humans. And we just wind up worrying about things. Well, if God's in charge, if God's in control, we don't need to do that. But He's working things in a way that He wants them to work. The theme of the story of Joseph is pretty much summed up in chapter 39, verse 2, that we looked at, I think, last week, where it says these, where we find these words, the Lord was with Joseph. If you're a child of God, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. He's with you. And I know we face a lot of garbage in our world and in, our, in relationships and in just stuff we have to deal with. And, and we can get on, oh man, we could get on a front porch and talk it out with the best of them uh, with a good, nice glass of sweet tea. We can, we can just solve the world's problem on the front porch because this person, this person, this person, and this person did this, and I heard this person did this, and I heard that, and I think this is why they're doing it. And, and we can talk all about But you know what? Oh, I, I, I get in conversations sometimes like that and I just give up. I say, no, you know what? I don't know. I do not know. I don't know. Through experience, I don't know. And I'm wasting my time talking with you people about stuff that I don't have a clue about and y'all are just going on and y'all don't have a clue either. And it's like, wow, what in the world are we doing? And in the meantime, God is saying, hey, look, uh, I got somebody over here that needs to know Jesus. Would can you get out of this conversation maybe? And could you get over here and talk to them? I feel like God is always wanting to use us, always reaching out for us, always calling us to do something for Him. But so much of the time we're distracted and we just got our own stuff going on and we're not listening. We're not listening. We need to, to walk with Him. We need to walk with Him. As believers, we should always remember that anything we do have, our strengths, our abilities, they're not because we have them, that we created them. God did that. They come from Him. As believers, sometimes God will give us a heads up that bad times are coming. But will we listen? Will we listen to Him? As His children, we, we must be available. Available to God Available to be used by Him whenever. Whenever. Oh, but Brother Craig, sometimes it's not convenient. Yeah. Well, I seem to remember a story about Jesus going to the home of a man whose, uh, whose, whose child uh, had died. 
and um, or was dying, and um, some lady, some lady reached out and touched his robe, and he stops on the way to that house to to check on that that you know that that child who was dying was dead, they thought was dead, and he said, "Wait a minute, somebody touched me." What well, what in the world? Now look, you're on your way. You've got, you know, but Jesus took time with this woman. You and I, we may be interrupted in our lives for God to use us. God may interrupt our daily lives in order for for Him to do something He wants to do. The question is, will we listen to Him? Will we do what He wants us to do? Or will we ignore Him and walk along and say, well, I just don't have time. I don't have time. Joseph, I know he was in a different situation. He was in jail. He wasn't going anywhere. He had a lot of time. (laughs) But he listened and he was obedient and he did what God wanted him to do. So where are you? Where am I? Where are we? When God calls on us, will we listen to Him? Will we listen to Him? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day. I thank You for this church. Father, I thank You for each person, each member of this church family. And God, as we look at this story of Joseph, we see him rising to prominence, but he kept you in mind the entire way. He understood that he was just simply doing what he was supposed to do. And he didn't take credit for himself. He didn't, he didn't get all high and mighty and want people to look at him. He simply followed what you had for him. God, may we learn to do the same. It doesn't mean we're going to be second in command in the United States. It doesn't mean that. Does it mean that we may find ourselves in a spot that we never dreamed of? Possibly. You never know. But Father, you've called on us to be obedient to you. And so Lord, I pray that we will be, each one of us. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that has never given their heart to you, they've never said, look, I am a sinner. I need to be forgiven of my sins and I need Jesus in my heart. I need God to be in control of my life, just like he was in control of Joseph's. Maybe today you would like to give your heart to him and say, look, I'm sorry for the bad things I've done. I, I don't want to do those things anymore. I want to make you happy, God. Maybe you'd like to ask him into your heart today. In just a few moments, we're going to sing a hymn of response. And as we sing, would you come? Maybe you're here this morning, you're thinking, you know what, I I just need to pray. I have a a prayer request. I I just need somebody to pray with me. I'm here at the front. Come and I'll pray with you. But you you do as the Lord is leading you to do this morning. Father, we thank you for your love and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What a joy to have you listening to this podcast today. Uh, It's been exciting as we move through the life of Joseph and see how God used him. You know, God's still using people today, and he can even use you. Uh, You you may say, well, my my goodness, Brother Craig, uh, what's so, I mean, that's not surprising. Well, no, it shouldn't be. God wants to use every one of us to share the good news about Jesus with everybody in this world. Maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you've accepted him as your Savior and Lord. Well, that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to use you in this world, just like he used Joseph. A lot of 
things happen in our lives, and some of those things are allowed to happen by God himself in order to get us where we need to be. So would you join us on the journey of becoming more like Jesus? Will you, will you just simply join with God and allow him to use you? Maybe you've not given your heart and life to Christ. Maybe you need to do that today. You can go to fbcwinsboro.com and on our website, over on the right-hand side of our website, there is a, there's something called Peace, uh, or Steps to Peace with God. And you can go there, click on that, and you can see a video presentation uh, of how to accept Christ. I pray that you have done that in your life. If you haven't, would you please consider it? Just get to know more about God. Don't, don't make a decision from a distance. Don't say, oh, well, I don't want to know. I've seen his people. I don't want to be like them. Well, no, that, look. His people are supposed to be a reflection of Him, but sometimes we mess up. There it is. I said it out loud. Sometimes we mess up. I hope that we've made amends. I hope that you know that we're not perfect, but we're trying to be like Jesus. Give us uh, a little slack. Cut us some grace. uh, Have some patience with us. But look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. I pray that you will take some time to get to know Jesus. Would you do that? Until next time, I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and this has been Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Again, for more information, go to fbcwinsboro.com.